Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. He said, above all, taking the shield of what? Faith. Watch this. With which you shall be able to quench this, say all. All of them. Every single one. All the fiery darts, arrows of the wicked one. Now, what he's saying is we can quench every plan, every hurtful thing that Satan throws at us. God didn't say he's going to stop the devil from shooting. He didn't say he's going to stop the enemy from attacking. But what he is saying is you can win. I could give you a, a way to overcome it and defeat it. Do you understand? I often want to go around it, but sometimes I have to go through it. And he said, I give you the capacity to quench every single fiery dart of the enemy. And then it says, and take the helmet of salvation. I'm moving slower than I want. Where is the, the helmet? On the head. So if you want to, to defeat the adversary and be armed uh, spiritually, you want to know what you're saved from. Most of us, the only thing we're saved from, when I die, I'm going to heaven. But you don't know what you're saved from in life. That's why you're getting defeated in life. And let me tell you, the devil will steal everything you're ignorant of. He's that type of devil. He's a thief. And if you don't know uh, what's yours, he will take it. You think you've been in the courtroom with a tough lawyer? Let me tell you something. The devil, will, he is a tough, and he will use the law and, and every law God ever created against you if you let him. He said, and take the helmet of salvation. So you got to know what you're saved from. You also have to know what you're saved to. And this is part of understanding. But again, we, we want pretty songs. And we miss what church is all about. It's about being equipped to live. It's, it's, it's about being armed for battle. It's about getting tools to be successful in life. And then it says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I want you to notice that the, the spirit of God moves in conjunction with God's word. How many of you know, folks, well, the Holy Spirit told you, but it, it's so contrary to what the principles of God's word says. No, God's word and spirit operate together. He says, the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of what? God. You see, if you're not open to the spirit, you, you, you'll not be able to hear the right word. But, but also, if you're not open to the word, you'll have the wrong spirit. Because I know some folks not open to the word. word. They, got, they got a wrong spirit, very religious spirit, talking about Jesus, but they're not open to the word. And they're taken captive by the devil saying, how did that happen? But let's keep moving. Here's our place of focus. Verse 18, and I'm going to slow it down just a little bit, and we're making, now we're making better time. He's talking about the armor. He's talking about the uh, equipment we have to win in life. And in the midst of describing, you know, truth, righteousness, peace, and, and, and salvation, and, and the Word of God, he injects something, which is part of our victory. He said, praying always. So an essential part of our armor is our prayer life. And I want you to notice how often you should pray. Always. So obviously there's an attitude of prayer that we can be in because he did not expect everyone in the church no longer to go to work, no longer to have conversations. Matter of fact, the early church were very hard workers. They worked from sunset to sundown. And they were busy out in the fields and the rest. So prayer is not just a matter of necessarily being on your knees, though we're going to end there tonight on our knees. Uh, but it's an attitude and, and, and it's a heartbeat. He says, praying always with what? All prayer. Now, both words, praying 
always with all prayer, the same Greek words, which is very important. And he uses the most common Greek word for prayer throughout the entire New Testament. And the word, I'm going to butcher the word, but it's, it's pros yoke. And that's the term that's translated prayer here. And it's a very, uh, again, it's a common Greek word, and it's a compound Greek word. And it's taken from two words, pro and UK. Now, pro is a preposition that means face-to-face. Remember um, John 1.1, 1, 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same in the beginning was with God. Uh, that line where it says was with God, it literally means he was face-to-face with God. So what John was saying was that Jesus was with God face-to-face in the most intimate possible relationship known. So when, when John speaks of the Word, he's speaking of intimacy. So this face-to-face, this prose, again, it was was the same width that was used in John 1.1, is a part of the term used for prayer. So it's interesting, Jesus and the Father had a forever, always prayer life. They were always in each other's face. It's important. So the first part of praying is intimacy, face-to-face. I heard of a child who, uh, it, was, it was a girl, her father would often talk to her, her while she's doing other things, and, uh, you know, she had something serious to say, I think she was like seven years old or so, and her father answered while she was watching a football game, and uh, she, the, the little girl said, well, well, I want you to talk to me, Dad. He said, I am talking to you, I'm telling you what to, I want you to talk to me, he said, and, and then finally she walked over to him, turned his head and said, well, talk to me with your face. That's important. We're so busy doing so many things. Yeah, I'll talk to you while I'm doing this. I'll talk to you while I'm doing that. I'll talk to you while I'm doing that. God's saying, talk to me with your face. Turn your face to the wall. Talk to me with your face. Prayer is talking to God with your face. Can I have a few minutes of undivided attention? Can I have just a little bit of your time? After all, I'm just the creator of the ends of the earth. After all, I'm just the most significant being that could ever be. Uh, Can I have a little bit of FaceTime, please? Prayer. Prosuke, pro, preposition meaning face to face. Then uh, UK, and it's a Greek word meaning wish, desire, but more frequently in the Greek world, it was used for vow. And it was used in Greek writings when a Greek would pray, they would make a vow to God. And what they would do is they would promise God something for the answered prayer. So it's the combination of two, two words. So uh, one word is face-to-face, but, but the second word is uh, used to describe a, a person that makes a vow based on a deep need. And what, what it, the word communicates is a willingness to surrender something great to God in exchange for an answer to prayer. So the combination of these words, now we're, we're learning about prayer. I, I said this before, and it bears repeating. If you could teach me one thing, only one thing in life, you know what I want to learn? How to pray. How to pray. How to pray. Uh, some people say I'm an okay preacher, but you know what I do know how to do? Pray. Prayer, according to this term, pro, uh, uh, yoke, pro yoke, is a face-to-face, intimate moment with God. But secondly, there's an idea of sacrifice associated. And what what happens with people, I come to you like, Lord, like Santa Claus, just give me what I want. You don't sacrifice for Santa. 
prayer is face-to-face, but the second part of it is there's this sacrifice and a willing to let go of even your desire. Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. A willingness to let go of that thing you say you want to start wanting the right thing is part of prayer. So if you just go to prayer to boss God around, you miss the spirit of prayer. It's important. It's not just telling God what you want. It's a heart of surrender. And it's a willingness to to give God whatever is required. It's a willingness to to give up to go up. So so prayer, it's a heart thing. God, face to face, Lord, you have... I, you have my undivided attention. I know your face is shining upon me. And Lord, I don't come here as the boss of this thing. I come here with a willingness to give you whatever you want, Lord, even to let this thing go. And that's the way Jesus prayed. God, not my will, but thine be done. Even to let this thing go, if you show me up, maybe I'm, I'm directed wrong. Lord, but I come before you and, and I want to bring you the sacrifice. Pray, whatever I can offer you, Lord, in return for, for what you do, Lord, I, I love you. Not that I'm trying to buy it, but, but Lord, you are so worthy. And Lord, whatever you want, that's what I want to give you in response. That's the spirit of this most commonly used term for prayer. But Paul continues, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Now this second word, sometimes people say it's a different type of prayer, but I'd rather say it's a different dimension of prayer. Because it's not so much that you pray one type, one type, one type, as much as there are many different dimensions. Just like in a conversation, there are many dimensions to that conversation. What's said, but it's also the look on your face. It's also the way you're standing. It's the body language. It's the spoken word. It's all those things combined. So uh, here, you know, in the word prosuke, you have a sense of one thing, but then he adds, and supplication. And by the way, he's talking about spiritual warfare. So, by the way, if you are praying for something, but you're not willing to let go of anything, you're not going to win in a spiritual battle. You just, you just won't. Because you don't have the spirit of a prayerful person. You, do, you don't have the right spirit. You don't have the spirit of Christ who is willing to let go. Not my will, but thine. Be done. And supplication. This second word comes from the Greek word deesis. And what this word focuses on uh, is the need that's being presented to God. So, one is, is, is face-to-face, the intimacy, peace, and Lord, whatever you want. And the other thing is you're so aware of your need. That's why he's not saying, don't be strong. He's not saying be strong in you. Be strong in me, recognizing my strength and, and how great your need is. I live in need. Some people think I'm somewhat humble. I just recognize I have great need. And the more you recognize your need, the more humble you become. I need God. Some of y'all, well, I chose him because, you know, just seemed like one of those things. No, no, I need God. And when you get that, Lord, I need you. God, I can't fix this without you. God, I am not all that. I stand in need of a Savior. I stand in need of someone to untangle this and, and figure this out. God, you are the creator. You, you, you are the part of God. I am the clay. I need you. So in that is a sense of need. And you're not embarrassed by the need because he's daddy. When my kids were little, they were not embarrassed by anything they wanted. I wish they were just a little bit more. But they weren't embarrassed by anything, anything. When they were little, actually, one of my kids, I was chewing something. I don't remember what it was. But he wanted it and took it out of my mouth. (laughs) Literally reached his hand in my mouth and took the food and started eating it. That's what God wants. He don't want us to be ashamed of our need. 
He says, call me Father. Yeah, don't just call him God. Jesus called God Father, and he tells us to call him Father. And, and a father is there, to, uh, a good one, to meet the needs. So the fact that my kids need money for clothes and cars, and yeah, there's a place for discipline and all that. But as a dad, that's what I'm there for, to provide and meet needs. I just noticed David shaking his head in the back. <laughs> Okay. But when you combine the two words, prayer is a face-to-face, intimate surrender of your deep personal need. That's what, that's what prayer is. Face-to-face, Lord. I surrender. I need. That's prayer. When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you really prayed? Praying always with all prayer and supplication. And what he's saying is to win in our spiritual battle, you have to have a prayer life. I was at Elder Ken's house, and forgive me for telling you business, he has a little prayer room, which is neat. It's a room dedicated to prayer. Elder Renee used to be that way too. It was just dedicated to prayer. And that says something about the importance of prayer in that family's life. Now, everyone doesn't have to get a prayer room. That's not what I'm saying. But it, it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful... I don't happen to have a prayer room if, if, you, if you want to. Uh, but I do have a place where I like to pray. But if you're going to win these spiritual battles, those things are won on your knees. They're won seeking God. And, and as the week goes on, I'm going to start... I'm going I'm to share with you some really important things about prayer that can, can really change your lives. Let, let's keep reading. Praying always with all prayer and what? supplication. Is that what it says? In the spirit being what? Watchful, not sleeping on the job, remaining sensitive to all God's promptings. See, I don't just go to God telling him what I want without listening. Conversation goes both ways. So being watchful is listening to God tell you his part. You know, you're telling God what you want. Here's my need, but you're listening. So even when I ask God for something, I'm listening for the answer. And many times God has answered your prayer, but you ain't listen. You ain't listen. You weren't watching. You just put it off on God, got busy with other stuff, and you never heard. He told you to go to the doctor. You didn't. He, he told you to handle this thing or have that conversation with your spouse, your child, but you didn't. And, and because of that, you, you're dealing with some kind of and you're mad at God. He said, wait a minute. Pray, get that. But also Watch. Pay attention. Listen, because it's not about just the, the prayer moment, the, the prayer event. God wants to live in us and through us and with us. And, and, and I don't just have with my wife, her face says much more than her mouth does. How many married men know that? Yeah. And you learn not just to have the conversation, but to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to do with God. We, we pray, but we also watch. And then it uses the term supplication again. Uh, and then it says, to the end with all what? Perseverance. You won't be successful, though, with a start and stop mindset. I'm in just for a little bit and kind of, kind of. No, when you get all the way in with God, 
and it becomes covenant. Just like my wife and I, it's, it's covenant. We're stuck with each other. Whether she can't stand me or not, we're stuck. And I'm persevering. We are sticking in there, and it's face to face, even if she don't like my face. Face to face, and I stand in need, all those different things. And, and that's part of, of our relationship. You, you have to uh, persevere. The, the only way to win is to stay in the race. In and out, you will never, ever win. And it says, in supplication for, for all the saints, which is the word Jesus again. Um, and by the way, you don't pray for people because they deserve it. You pray for people because they need it. Amen. This Jesus here, supplication for all the saints, is based on need. You pray for people because they need it. You don't say, well, I like the person a whole lot, so I'll pray for them. He said, pray for all the saints, particularly the annoying saints. Yeah. The ones who need it the most. Pray for your enemies. Pray. Pray. Based on their need, not based on what you want. Based on the need. And many of us, we only pray based on what we want, which is a part of it. And we're going to talk about some different words. But what about praying for needs? Not being just consumers, but but that person got on my nerves because they have a need. That person acted out because they have a need. Lord, I pray for that. Lord, uncover that. Get to the bottom of that. Show that person. Send labors. However you have to pray. Now, what we're going to do in this last part today, and I'm going to ask Ephraim to come to the piano. Ushers, would you come, please? We're going to put into practice. I have a little handout. And what I want you to do is write down this. Four are listed, but I really want you to write down uh, just uh, one or two needs. You can go as many as three, but, but one or two needs. And uh, if you need a pencil, I think the ushers will straighten it out as well. And this is your moment. This is your time. We're in lab right now. And by the way, the Bible says in the King James Version that this type don't, doesn't come out by, by prayer and fasting. So those of us fasting in this room, you have a double whammy right now. You are both praying and fasting. So we're going to take advantage of this moment. All right. You're all getting your sheets. I want you to write down just some top needs. You need this. Remember the, the, the term theasis. Uh, you, you are, it's a deep awareness of your need. A deep awareness of your need. What is your need? What do you need from God? What is it? Write it down. Write it down. Some of you might be healing. Others of you might be confidence. Others of you, it, it might be clarity of plans, a sense of purpose. I don't know. What is your need right now? What is your need? Maybe you need peace at home. I don't know. What is your need? So as you write down your needs, now here's the second piece. Now we didn't cover this tonight, but we will as we go further in the week. What is your scripture of promise? What did God already say about it? You see, the laws of this land are based on things that the state and sometimes the federal government, laws that they've already made. What I'm saying is they're not making new laws per situation. The laws are already established. So what does the law of God already say about that? What is God's will? What's his revealed will about that area? What is your need? What's God's promise? Now, what I do is I meditate on that promise till it gets real bigger in me. And I just stay in it. Sometimes it takes me years. 
I stay in it and, and I let it get in me. And, and then eventually we move to a new level of prayer where the Bible says put a demand on God. That's a different level of prayer. But you put a demand after God's word has become big in you and you're not trying to tell God what to do, but it's God in you and God's word in you. That's basically, you know, when, when I put the electrical outputs on, on the walls uh, there, they're giving out electricity. It's not until I plug it in, I put a demand on that electricity. So prayer puts a demand, but this is another, we talk about this one, uh, maybe tomorrow night or the next night. So prayer puts a demand, and that's the way we, we demand, by plugging in to God. So again, what is the need? What's the scripture promise? You say, well, I don't know the Bible that well. Well, that's why you're here. If you have a phone, go to Bible Gateway. Put in your little area of need. See what the Bible has to say about it. Then read that area and read several areas that, that, that address that thing. Uh, do the research. You know, do, do what you need to do. And then after that, you have your face-to-face. -face. I've had important meetings with important people. And one thing I know that if I had a request for that person, I was prepared to make that request. I had thought about it. I figured out how I was going to approach the person and the rest. You know, even, uh, you know, I've, I've gone before politicians and, and different people in, in power. And typically, if I was with an attorney, the attorney would have written down the thing they wanted and also the law that pertained to it. They could quote whether the county or the city said about that particular issue. And they'd start pulling up what, what was said. And then they bring it up, hey, this is what the, the law says. The same thing with God. Show him honor. Show him some respect. By sometimes walking in there prepared. Yeah, you know, it's good to have some conversations that just are spontaneous. That's good. But when I have a pressing need, you want to go in there ready. So here's my need, Lord. Here's what you said, Lord. come to you with this need. Lord, I, I see what you promised, but, but here's the thing, Lord, uh, I don't really have, can't really feel a whole lot of faith in my heart. Would, would you build this thing? Would you show me this thing? Would, would, would you help build my hope? Would you, would, would, would you help me understand what your promise is? And See, some people try to impress God with their faith. They're really weird people. I, I, don't, I don't understand those type of people. I'm not trying to impress God. It's God's faith. He gave, it's the measure of faith he gave me. It's the gift of God. How am I going to press him with my faith? So it's his faith, and all I'm doing is letting his word go into his faith and giving it back to him. And it's amazing. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, but he's given us faith, so we should be pleasing God quite regularly. What is your area? What is your scripture promise? Then I want you to think about those scriptures, and it's a real small area that has your scripture promise, so you may not be able to write it all out. But in a moment, the altar is going to become open, and I want you to have a face-to-face. -face. I want to change the culture right here, because this is a little awkward, because you know what? The bishop should pray, or the leader, they, no, no, no. Jesus said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So we're going to shift. And tonight, you're going to begin to step into a new level of prayer. And you don't know this. This is part of what you guys have been fasting about. 
And this is part of answering for God. Say, no, I want you to step into a new level of prayer. I want you to step into a new level of, of protection and safety that only comes through, through this particular part of your armor. How many of you have some things written on your sheet? What's going to happen is I'm going to ask you to come up front to the altar. Some of you will pray along the aisles and some of you in the back. Wherever there's room, I want you to kneel before God, saying, Lord, this is my need. I, I, I need you. And, and, and the kneeling doesn't prove anything, but it does demonstrate something when it comes from the heart. When you kneel from the heart, saying, Lord, I recognize my need. I recognize that you alone are God. I bring before you these items. Father, help me to believe. Help me to understand. Help me to know. God, is even my need right? Did I get it right? Maybe it's a deeper need, and, and I, I, I'm asking you something on a different level, and I'm missing the whole thing. But I want you, as you're filling your sheets, when you're ready, to come to the front and begin to kneel. Come one by one. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.